Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to RPG Hangout, the podcast in which we both choose an RPG and talk about it. I'm your host, Leo, joined by my co-host, Nathan. Hey, what's up? Today, our main topic of discussion is Chrono Cross and Ghostwire Topia, correct? Yes, 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 yes. I think both topics that we are kind of excited to talk about because... I'm so excited to talk about Ghostwire, dude. For you, it's because it's a game that you've been super hyped about for quite a while. And for me, yeah, it's because for the past week, this game has been boggling my mind. And I need an outlet. (laughs) So so (laughs) This is the perfect outlet for you. Exactly. It's fucking time to just go on a rant about whatever the fuck that's about. Anyhow, so news this week is mercifully short compared to last week. It's going to be a fairly nice, brisk jaunt through Newsville before we dive on into video game nightmares. So, <laughs> shall we begin? Yes, sir. Okay, so the I think the kind of biggest bit of news this week, right off the bat, is E3 is cancelled this year. What? Why? Well, they I didn't really catch their main excuse. They're cancelling it this year, but they intend to do it next year. It's possible that it's um, related to the kind of rise in COVID and shit that's kind of happening again. Yeah, it's having like a spike. Yeah, it's because uh, we'll we'll avoid COVID COVID talk for for now. But it is very possible that that is part of the reason. They are canceling both in-person and virtual events, and most people are declaring this kind of the final nail in E3's coffin. Because for the longest time, I believe Nintendo hasn't really hosted an event at E3 in a long time. And Sony hasn't hosted an event since 2018. So... Oh my god. Yeah. So E3 is kind of... It's kind of been dying anyway. 
Even even the state of play though, that's not considered. Well, yeah, no, not a physical invent. Yeah, never mind. You know, state of play is Sony's own thing. Nintendo Directs are Nintendo's own thing. Yeah, it's all it's all like online though. So the, yeah, that's that's the problem. Is that all of these companies are doing their own things? So E three, the conference in which everything kind of comes together, is kind of becoming irrelevant. Though yeah, on that note, and potentially for, to your dread, uh, Jeff Keighley oh, did announce that. The Summer Games Fest is still going to happen. That's his kind of thing. To to my dread. Well, so Summer Games Fest is very similar to uh, what was it the Spring Showcase? So it's oh. where they they talk about a whole bunch of games in fairly rapid succession. Oh boy. Yes. So take last episode and bam, there it is again, baby. <laughs> Except for. I have made a, a big at you. Yeah, I, I have made a vow that I will trim the fat a bit. So indie games will have to massively impress to be mentioned, and then I'll just kind of keep it to mostly interesting things like ooh, Ghostbusters, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kirby's out. As I saw, looks looks kind of cool. Yeah, for me, it was kind of met with uh, mild fanfare. Supposedly, it is very good. It's very fun. But it didn't have, like, the big, you know, it's out, you know, big surprise, yay, hype. Yeah, no, yeah, it just kind of came out. Like, yeah, like, like they they had that, like, they had the advertisement and everything, yeah. which was fine. But, like, before I knew it, I looked on the freaking eShop and it was like, oh, Kirby's out. I was like, whoa, what, really? For me, I was just kind of scrolling on my phone and someone started streaming it and I was like, okay, so I guess Kirby's out. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. And for the longest time, I was actually very worried that that was going to be it for the news. But uh, literally today and yesterday, some things came in uh, massively clutch to pad it out a little bit. Nice. So a sequel slash sort of reboot to Monkey Island has been announced for this year, actually, called Return to Monkey Island. Cool. Cool. It looks really nice in a cool kind of art style. It is coming out this year it's a, i believe a sequel to monkey island 2 it, it's it's a cute thing i like it uh persona 5 is it going to leave the ps plus collection oh good thing i own two <laughs> yeah <laughs> good thing i well never mind i bought it so <laughs> that doesn't save me wait really you bought it i thought you were playing it on the ps plus connect collection uh no no oh, i mean regardless good. i also bought royal so Oh, you bought Royal, really? Yeah. <laughs> was that recent? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointing, no. <laughs> yeah. Hear my pain. Feel my pain. I will transmit my pain through my bad spending habits. <laughs> God. I'll finish that game and talk about it eventually. I'll finish it eventually. I'll get no, I'll get to Royal eventually. Anyway, uh, Lego Star Wars released. I finally got it. Goal achieved. I got it. Have you played it? I have. Nice. I'll talk about it's it. Not what today, yeah, that's not what today's about, so move yeah. on. Well, I'll mention it a little bit later, but I'll, of course, be primarily talking about it next week. Ba -ba -ba. They announced a new Elgato. The Elgato HD60X. That's poopy. So it is an Elgato designed primarily for next-gen consoles, so the PS5, this Series X, and S. 
So it's like high performance it, bullshit. Yeah, it's very high performance. It's two hundred dollars. Oh my god. Yes. But it does. It looks nice. It you know, my my poor poor Elgato becomes more and more outdated as time moves on. <laughs> right. And you got it for free. I well, I got one for free. Then I bought the other one. Yeah. And you, I believe, got the free one. No, I thought you gave me your old one. Yeah, that was the one I got for free. Uh, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, time is a loop. Anyway. I, all I know is I don't even use it anymore. I should. I don't even use it anymore. <laughs> Moving on from Elgato. Um, <laughs> the Unreal Engine 5 has finally come out of like its little beta. And it's kind of beautiful. It's kind of beautiful. I'm super excited for it. And they announced a new Tomb Raider game. And it's going really? to be made in Unreal Engine 5. Wow, it's going to look great. Yeah, if you thought her hair was insane in the past three games, you haven't seen shit, son. But yeah, it's I, I love the look of Unreal Engine 5. They've been doing some amazing things with it. I've been, I've been watching I've been watching YouTube videos of it, and it looks crazy. Yeah, dude. Like, the, the demo that they released before the PS5 came out? Oh, mm. <laughs> crisp. You know, it, it's really weird to think that now that I have a great computer, I could actually use Unreal Engine 4, which is something we tried to do way back when. <laughs> yes. And now I don't even touch it. Like, I don't even think about it. And Ugh. it's like, wow, I, I, I could do that. I could do it now. Like, yeah. I have the capabilities to do so now, but it's just not a passion anymore. Yeah. I mean, I still have, like, the the constant urge and want to make a game. But then every time I go... And I'm like, eh, but I'm like, oh yeah, no, I, I won't, I won't do that though. <laughs> uh, let's let's go ahead and continue this train. We're we're near the end already. Chrono Cross. By the time this comes out, it's remaster. Chrono Cross: The Radical Dreamers Edition will be out. I do intend to get it because I want to see. I want to be able to see it. Actually, that's kind of the. I, I want to see it. And then this last, this kind of two bits of news that kind of don't fully fit. One, it was, this was announced today. Chris Pratt has been cast as Garfield for a Garfield movie. They're making another one? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to probably be more animated than the, like, the live-action ones. Mm, the, I mean, I ain't even going to lie to you. The live-action ones were pretty cool at the time. Yeah, they weren't terrible. I mean, Tale of Two Kitties like, was a bit rough, but... Yeah, but, like, the the first one, like, watching it as a kid, it was like, okay, it's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. And then some of the animated ones were also fine. I like, I kind of liked them. But I just don't know about Chris Pratt, though. Doesn't really fit Garfield. He does not. Much. You look at Chris Pratt, and most of his characters are, like, vaguely bubbly. Like, very... The, the stupid himbo kind of, like, optimistic. Like, that's most, yeah. that's most of his characters. Like, like, not necessarily dumb, but... Yeah. Just kind of, like, winging their entire life. Yeah. But that's kind of... <laughs> so the main reason I decided to put this in as news is because, of course, Chris Pratt was also cast as Mario for the Mario movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... I don't know. They're, they're just... What like, a, what about culture, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I think part of it is because of the reaction that they got when they announced Chris Pratt as Mario... When they were considering him for Garfield, after all this, like, all the jokes coming out, like, oh, Chris Pratt has been cast as, like, Sora for Kingdom Hearts, you know, 
a lot of jokes like that. Yeah. I think the studio was just like, well, now we have to. <laughs> They're like, damn it. <laughs> we were we were contemplating it, but now we have to for the meme. Yeah. Then this final pe- bit. People really want to see it. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. I, <laughs> I've never heard him do like a monotone, like disinterested voice. <laughs> I don't know if I want right? to. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even begin to imitate it. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's so uh, hard to do. Everything I've seen Chris Pratt in is like, no, he's not Garfield for sure. Well, yeah. Like you look at the Lego Movie. There's just, so many other people he could have done. Oh yeah, he could they could have they they could have cho- chose. He would have been actually a perfect normal. Yeah, for real. Or like honestly, an Odie. He could have been an Odie. He doesn't have to talk. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you could just you could just say like dumb noises, and he'd be great. Yeah, but they're probably going to get Alan, Alan Tudyk for Odie. You want yeah. you want a guy to be a fucking animal and just do animal noises? Bam. Alan Tudyk's your guy. He was the chicken in Moana. <laughs> I've never seen Moana, so... Yeah, he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> he was a chicken, alright. He was a chicken. Not not just a, any chicken. A dumb chicken. <laughs> okay, this last bit of news is kind of like, you know, sizzle for next week more. It's just kind of to say, I'm going to have to do some research after the fact. So the Kingdom Hearts event is going to be... At 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, and when is this? Uh, Sunday. Okay. Yep. So. Damn. Yeah. It's gonna be... So, basically for me, I'm just gonna be waking up and... Googling it. Hearing, yeah, hearing <laughs> about it. Yep. Same. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not staying up for that. Fuck that. Nah. For... That's, that's, that's pretty late. Especially on what day it is. Mm-hmm. I got work the next day, so... Exactly, like, that day I'll probably you know, wake up early to stream and shit. I, I mean, I... stay up that late. I have high hopes, mm. and I'm I'm it's excited to see... I, I'm excited to see what they say about it, but, like, I'll just hear about it when I hear about it, yeah, so... Yeah, same. I will, <laughs> I will wake up, maybe grab myself a drink or something, I will sit down, and I'll take my notes on the event. And then I will move on. <laughs> okay, so with that... Bam, news tick done. Into the main event. So, I think. So you can uh, you can talk about Chrono Cross first. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's go ahead and just kind of get some general questions out of the way. Or actually, first first let's kind of get some I guess background information. I did not know about this game. I didn't know it existed for like a good long while. I had only heard of Chrono Trigger. And then I learned, oh, they actually made a sequel to it. And then I, I got it. I, I was I was gifted it one day, and I only just now for this show got around to actually playing it. So I went in completely blind. Whereas with Chrono Trigger, I'd heard things, I'd learned a bit about the story, because, you know, I believe there's a, a completionist episode on it. A lot of popular, like, um, you know those older like game review shows, like... Pro Jared uh, used to be John Tron and whatnot. Yeah. They would yeah. talk about games like Chrono Trigger all the time, like but... very retro stuff. Yeah, like that's how I learned about like the the Ease series is through those kinds of things, and that's how I learned about a lot of what happens in Chrono Trigger. 
but never heard of Chrono Cross. No one really ever talked about Chrono Cross. So, I didn't know exactly what to expect going into it. And, uh, boy, after having played it for about... I think I've technically played it for about five hours, but it's actually more than that. Right. I died quite a few times. <laughs> and got set back a couple times. But, yeah, so from there, let's go ahead and kind of... What kind of questions do you have? Uh, so... Is it connected to Trigger at all? Very lightly. So it's basically just in the same universe? Kind of. <laughs> like, there's only references, or... It is, is very... It like it, it's very is complicated. It, is it in the past? Is it in the future? Right. Is it a so, little bit afterwards? Okay, so I can't, I can't say that. So according to the back of the box, it is set 20 years after Trigger. You got, you got a physical... Oh, hell yeah, I got a physical. Oh, shit. I'm playing this shit on a PS1 with LCD oh, okay. screen. Wait, it came out for PS1? Are you playing the original or the new one? I'm playing the, the new one's not out yet. Of course I'm playing the original. Oh, okay. No, I thought I, I, I thought you got early access. That's what I was talking about. You got, like, you, oh. sh- you streaming it and it's like... Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I planned this out so that, like, the episode would come out around the release time. I am nowhere near getting early access to games. I wish. But yeah, so, yeah, I'm playing it original, PS1. I, I, yeah. So, it is very loosely connected to the to Chrono Trigger. Uh, during my stream, one of my viewers, like, when I first started the game, I was like, okay, so it's kind of like this with the original game. It's kind of like that with the original game. And, like, the guy just immediately is like, don't compare it to Chrono Trigger. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> so from there, I just stopped trying to compare it to Chrono Trigger. Yeah. So the connections, I believe, uh, there's the sword from the first game is in it, but they they misinterpreted the name. They just, I think, went with the engraving that was on it. I believe one of the characters, according to some of the research I did, was raised at Luca's orphanage supposedly. And then there's a cat guy that yells at you, calling you the Chrono Trigger! Which is fun. So, that's kind of the only connections I've found so far. Supposedly some other like minor characters also pop up here and there. But other than that, there's Luca and So, you haven't gotten that far? I have not gotten that far. No, I'm about five, six hours into it, give or take. It's... Um, that's not bad, that's not bad. Yeah, you know, it's the classic one. It's it's one of those RPGs that kind of doesn't give you direction at all. It's It heavily wants you to look at the manual. And the entire time I've been like, I should look at the manual. I should look at the manual. I should look at the manual. I keep forgetting. So, like, it's literally right next to me. I could look at it literally right now, and I'm still not doing it. So, that's where we're at. <laughs> Yeah, so overall the connections to the original game are few and far between. It's a mostly original thing. It doesn't even use, like, the same basic concepts. It uses a very similar concept, but not the same one. Right. So Chrono Trigger's all about time travel, right? Yeah. Chrono Cross... Weirdly, weirdly enough. Yes. Chrono Cross is about alternate dimensions. <laughs> okay. So, 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 like, different timelines, different universes... Yes. Okay. So, like I said, it, it has a similar concept. So, wearing, like, Chrono Trigger, 
you kind of go to these spots, these like little time hole things, and you use them to jump through time. In this, you go to a specific spot and you jump to an alternate universe. And it's literally labeled the t- the two worlds are labeled home world and another world. <laughs> Very and, original, right? Uh, so again, before we kind of go into further detail, any other general questions you've got about it? Uh, not really. Like, if it's not really connected to the other one, but kind of like on par with itself, it's like I just I really just want to hear about how it plays out really okay. or how much how much you've played of it yeah so again I, i'm not super far into it in fact i'm still yeah i'm on disc one it's a two disc game uh and the the two first notes i made for this game were it's darker and complex combat those are the two main notes i made when i was first starting out playing the game so, in the tone of It's Darker, it opens with, like, a kind of cold open, mm-hmm. where you, you're running through, like, this this base, for some reason, and then you get through it, then there's some flashes, and then, you know, you wake up. And one of the, the premonition things is you stabbing one of your party members to death. So. Oh my god. Right? Fucking metal, right? <laughs> so... So you kind of just go through there, and you wake up, your mom berates you, says, go meet your friend, you know, she's waiting. Very similar to Chrono Trigger and whatnot, but for this, it's, um, you're you just going to go hang out with her. and Yeah, no, no festival. Yeah, no, no festival. There's heavy romantic tension between the two and everything. <laughs> it's really tense on the walk there. It's... Well, so... <laughs> so you go to talk to her and she's like you you're late so my mom sat me with uh, babysitting duties so you're, you're gonna have to you know do some shit on your own go get the scales for the necklace that we were, we were gonna make and you're like because you're a silent protagonist so <laughs> I love that so you go and get the scales by beating up a bunch of lizards it beat up enough lizards, Mama gets mad. So you fight Mama <laughs> Lizard. <laughs> so you get the scales, you go to the beach. She meets you there almost immediately and is like, hey, sorry for making you wait. Let's chill. And then she's pretty much sitting there planning out like your wedding, your children, your children's wedding. And then a wave hits you and you're sent through time and space and shit. And... You wake up on the beach. And an old lady's like, what the fuck are you doing on this beach? Hey, that's my beach. Get off. And she has like a lizard or something with her, too. <laughs> oh, you punch her, too? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, you don't punch her. <laughs> you punch your lizards anyway. I was, but not now. I already punched that's the just... required hey, you number pun- of you punch one lizard. Necklace. You punch one lizard, it's bad to not punch another lizard. It, look, well, it just looks yeah. bad on your reputation. I'm just yes. saying. But New Dimension... Clean slate. Uh, yeah, okay, you just kind of, like, forget about everything. That's fine. Continue. No, the scars stay with you. But the lizards <laughs> you just, know nothing. You just know that this is a new world, and this is how life has to be. Yes. 
This is life Cont- now. Okay, okay, continue. Anywho, you ask her, like, where the girl you were with was, and she's like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, her? She's back at the village. I didn't know she had friends. Sure. So, you work your way over to the village, and talk to her, and she's like, who the fuck are you? And you're like, um... <laughs> silent protagonist. <laughs> oh my god, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Part of it was just thinking, but... Then I was like, yes. <laughs> God damn it, dude. But, so she kind of goes off on a spiel about, oh, you know, there, there was this boy who who drowned ten years ago. His name was Serge, and I just realized, I forgot to say, the main character's name is Serge. Uh, Sarge. Serge? Sarge, Serge, Serge, Sarge. Yeah, I'm pulling out the manual. They all have dumb names. Serge. There. Serge. Yeah, that is kind of a weird name to give your kid. Well, funnily enough, one of the ca- uh, other characters' names is Kid, so... Hey, well, that's actually pretty normal, though, if you think about it. Yeah, kind of. Like, I've seen a lot of kids, like, people named Kid, and they're normally famous. <laughs> I think those are chosen names. Oh, yeah, like aliases? Yeah. yeah. probably. Probably, yeah. I guess no one would really actually name their child Kid. Oh, no, there's people. If people are willing to fucking call their child North, you know North is a pretty cool name. I ain't even gonna lie. Not when their last name's West. <laughs> hey, Northwest, get up here. Write this math question. <laughs> it's, a, it's a minor cruelty. <laughs> but anyway. East, Northwest. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, his name was Serge. And then you do say, like, I'm Serge. And she's like, fuck you. Fuck off. Oh, you actually talk. Kind of. You're given dialogue choices, but it never, like, actually pops up. Uh, but it's, I guess more you... like, it's more like you saying it than him yeah. saying it. Yeah, he probably just vaguely mimes. He's like, Maybe he just, like, taps his chest three times trying to signal, that's me. And then she says, fuck you, he's dead. Stop talking about a dead kid. Oh, my God. So you're like him, but in this dimension. Yes. So... And the other one was from another dimension. Well, kind of. So, Or like you're from another dimension. You're from another dimension. He was from this dimension, but he's died. He's dead now. Yes. So He's got the same name, but you're him, just different reality. Yes, so it gets explained down the line that some event long ago happened that split the timeline. So the way an old guy in a library explains it, is a while ago, an event in which he had a 50-50 chance of surviving happened, and a split happened. In one universe, he survived, and in the other one, he drowned and died. And thus, there's now two timelines. Why you got brought over? Who knows? What's happening? Who fucking knows? But, basically, she she says, oh, he's, you know, he's buried on this cliff, or he, at least he has a headstone on the cliff. So you go there, and you look at your own gravestone, and all I could think was, he's definitely not buried there, because that's a very, like, it's a, it's a very jutty cliff, you know? Like one of those those pointy spire kind of cliffs. Mm-hmm. And it, the headstone is at the very top, and, like, if you were to try to dig six feet down, you would go through it. So my theory is either when he drowned, they just left him there, or... They chucked him off the cliff. 
<laughs> exactly. Those are my theories. Because he is sure as hell not buried where the headstone is. Well, the inscription also says that he uh, was from the sea and he was returned to the sea. Okay. So, but so do yeah. you think it's it's actually going to be answered later on? Oh, hell no. No? Okay. Oh, no, because immediately uh, after that you're jumped by some guy saying, Ah, it's a ghost! <laughs> hey, yo. He's, He's like, got the right idea. Well, so him and his two friends, which I'll get into their names later, uh, him and his two friends are just like, okay, we've been sent here to get the ghost of a boy who died ten years ago. You match the description, I guess, even though you, you just got here. So let's fight. So <laughs> you fight them. Uh, and that's when Kid appears, joins the fray, and you beat the shit out of him. And then they 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 walk away with their it's tails like, between their legs. It, it it's so funny hearing you talk about these games because I I look at screenshots from these games and it just seems so innocent and mm-hmm. beautiful. And yeah. then you're like, and you beat the shit out of this guy. It's, it's like, whoa, bro, what? Oh yeah, no, they, they, they walk away saying, like, it's like, "Man, you're tougher like, than we thought." It's like so much more brutal when you talk about it than when I see online. And it's like, damn. Like, that's why I like hearing you talk about these games, because it's a, it's a whole new level of taking these, like, like you play these games with a whole new perspective, and it's just like, it's like, holy shit, dude. Like, I, I, I looked at this game, it looks so beautiful and innocent, like, there's oh, yeah. like butterflies, you know, in the background, and, just, like, and they beat the shit out of this kid, and it's crazy. Oh, you know, I, I <laughs> and there's time nice... travel, and like, you're you're dead, but you're not actually dead, you're from another universe, and you know, but you're here, and yeah, no, I, I thought it was going to be a nice little, like, ocean sailing adventure. Like, the ocean motifs are just out, out the wazoo when you start uh, did, the game. Did Did you go into this game thinking it was going to be connected to the other one? Like, a lot? or So, I had heard before getting into it that it's not terribly connected. But I was right. expecting a little bit more of a connection. Like, the map doesn't look the same. The enemies are fairly different. It's 3D now, so like, like at least have more references or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's some things like, like I said, the the sword. I'm pretty sure that that sword is the same sword from Chrono Trigger. Right. It's just a sword that is stuck in like a seashell, and people go to pray to it because it, it like represents the fallen soldiers and whatnot. Uh, I'm pretty damn sure that that's that's the sword, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. If he even fucking comes up again, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, so you then, I guess, decide, let's figure out why they want to beat me up. And then a uh, kid has something about, like, a, a frozen flame. Yeah. I, I honestly can't fucking remember anything about a frozen like flame as a motivation for moving on. But <laughs> it's something, I guess. It's kind of it's lost now. Yes, it's lost somewhere. Where? Who knows? But it's gone. So you journey to the next town. In said town, you are trying to figure out how to get into the mansion. Because that's where the, the people that beat you up, or tried to beat you up, go. And on your way to the town, you come across the two buffoons. The, the two lackeys of the one guy. And their names are Salt and Pepper. Ah, that's very intriguing. Yes. Can you can you guess uh, what they like to try to do? Um, they cook. No, they like to shake it up. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. 
And that's where we get into the next bit, a little diversion I'd like to get into. The puns! Oh boy, baby, puns everywhere. (laughs) Puns of, like, everyday stuff, or... You name it, there's a fucking pun for it, buddy. (laughs) Someone got a weird name? That's their personality now. Puns ahoy. Fucking see a weird fucking creature? Its name is a pun. Or at least a very obscure animal. <laughs> like, so most enemy names are puns. Here are three of them. Uh, alphabet. So, like alphabet, but it's a bat. Uh, neon bulb. It's like an onion bulb. Uh, but, you know, onion bulb, light bulb. Then this is like a different version, so neon bulb. Uh, and then they have one that's just called a fucking gobbledygook. What the fuck? Yeah. Gobbledygook? Yeah, gobbledygook. That sounds... Yeah, that oddly sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, it, it's a it's a, it's a a familiar term, but it feels like they were just like, what the fuck do we name this? A gobbledygook. <laughs> Good enough. Default. Yeah. So, that, that's, that's a small detour into the puns. Boy, are there puns. That's that's the smallest fucking fraction of puns. They are everywhere. There's no tutorial, like I was saying. That's the next yeah. little diversion I like to go off on. So figuring out things like the combat were a nightmare, and we'll get into the combat in a minute. <laughs> uh, but so you go to the town, and as you're kind of looking for information about how to get into a place, you kind of come across this weird guy in like white, like a white suit, kind of talking about how he made a deal with a fortune teller like a bet with a fortune teller, that he could break into the manor and steal something. And she gave him a specific thing that he needed to get to talk to her and a specific location within the manor to get it. And he's just kind of mumbling off to himself. And once you find out that you need to go to the manor, you talk to him. He's like, I'll team up with you. Let's do this. All you need to do is get a sailor and a boat. I'll deal with the rest. And you go, sure. And he joins your team. Oh, you said something. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what? Well, I, I was expecting you to be like, and you go... Oh. Because yeah, no. he was silent. Oh, no. That's a that's a rare joke. I, I only bring it up once in a while. <laughs> but now I'm just expecting it now. <laughs> yeah. The joke is, it's not happening again for the rest of the episode. Oh, fuck. <laughs> It'll only come up again when I play a game with a silent protagonist. You won't know when. <laughs> Until I say it. Anyhow. So you guys, you you start to move, and the first thing I notice about this dude, he'll take a few steps and then he'll just float. Really? Yes, he he floats behind you. It It's weird. So you journey on forward and come across a, a sideshow where a guy has a mermaid in a tank. And he stops you and he's like, hey, look, a fucking mermaid in a tank. Isn't that cool? It's real. And then a kid just starts throwing rocks. At the guy. <laughs> then the kid's basically like, hey, stop being a dick. Like, this, this is a this is a real creature, and you're being an asshole. You shouldn't keep it in such a small like cage. You shouldn't keep it in a cage at all. Uh, and then he jumps off the bridge onto his boat, and then you meet him around the corner. So that he can take you to the to the manor. For the paltry sum of a hundred gold. Which when, I was, when I first got to him, was a narrow margin. <laughs> I, I almost couldn't afford to pay him. Oh my god. Yeah. Then, uh, for reasons, I did end up doing some grinding. Though, leveling up in this game does not work how you think it does. Really? Yeah. So, the main way you 
quote-unquote level up is by defeating bosses. So, there's that. Only? <laughs> kind of. So you get stat boosts from defeating normal enemies. But the quote-unquote levels you only get after bosses. And they're, they're actually called star levels. Right. Supposedly they're used for something down the line. I don't know what. But each star level you do get more um, elemental slots and everything. We'll kind of get into that stuff when we talk about combat. So you pay the ferryman and go down the river to the back entrance of the, the manor. And what you do is you, you start climbing up these vines. And a guard notices you. And he starts throwing boulders down the cliff to try to knock you off. And you keep climbing up, fight your way up. Uh, once you finally get up to him, he goes, Ah, shit, you made it up. And attack attacks you. You defeat him. He tries to make a last-ditch effort to throw a boulder at you. Completely fucking misses. Uh, hits a bird man. The bird man comes, knocks him off the cliff, and then you have to fight the bird man. That was a chain reaction. Exactly. Uh, bird man was hard. It took me like four tries to defeat bird man. Oh my god. And each time I had to climb up the... Scale the wall, fight the guy, fight bird man. Scale the wall, fight the guy, fight bird man. So it was pretty tedious. Yes, until I um, gr I went out of this or the original city, went grinding for a bit to boost my stats and defeat a boss that I had missed called a dodo. And then I changed my elementals up a bit and went in and fought and killed the bird man. Then afterwards, you have to metal gear your way through the manor. Mm-hmm. Stopping briefly to go into a uh, a stable and feed some quote-unquote dragons, though they look more like Parasaurolophuses or Parasaurolophi, you know, the dinosaur. They, you feed them, you get the key to the manor, you sneak your way over, enter, and then kind of bumble your way around the manor for a bit. Uh, fastest way to move forward, get the code wrong, fall down, and then... Uh, annoy some guards into kill, trying to kill you. But then you kill them and steal their clothes. Foolery. Yeah, and then you get stopped every fucking five feet by something who then rips off your clothes and fights you. <laughs> they have to rip off their clothes first. Well, this is what happens. Like, you bump into an enemy, or a perceived enemy, and what happens is your disguises immediately disappear, and then you go into a fight. Uh... It, it's weird, but most of the things are just things that just fall on you, and it is one of those dungeons that are like, we know this is a dungeon, you're gonna do tropey things, and you're gonna fucking pay for it, you asshole. So, first thing you see is a chest. What do you do? You open it. Boom, it's a fucking mimic. And it says, you get one chance, pick the right one, and then you're presented with two chests, and you attack one, it'll come up to you, and I got lucky, both times I've encountered them, they gave me treasure. Nice. Was it the same chest both times? It was not. Oh. So one was, uh, so it's usually a big chest and a little chest. The first time I went for the little chest, because I thought it was like one of those, you know, don't be greedy kind of things. Yeah. And lo and behold, it gave me some treasure. Then the next time, uh, I punched the big chest, and it came up, like, it sprouted huge fucking arms and just like walloped up to me. I was like, oh shit. And then it gave me treasure. Nice. So I was like, okay, cool. And luckily I didn't come across, like, any more after that. Yeah. 
but you'll also be walking down the hall and a lamp thing it's called like a will-o'-wisps will-o'-wisps and it drops down from the ceiling with like no like, save there's no way to avoid it it'll just drop down start a battle yeah whoops but some of the tropes that it kind of leans into a bit heavily actually is you'd think that a guarded door would have something behind it right yeah most like, of the typ- time. Typically. Typically. Yeah, most of the time in this dungeon, no. No, it's just more traps. So <laughs> Booby traps. Oh, yeah. So one door I went to enter, uh, it had a, a an enemy called a Portalgeist. Mm-hmm. It's a possessed door nice. that, that summons more enemies. So you kill it. You go into the room. It's an armory. And you're like, cool. It's an armory. And on, on the floor, there's a statue out of place, and you can slide it around. So you slide it into place. Slimes will fall down. They're they're called um, goop. I think they're just the simple. They're just like goops or something like that. <laughs> but they they drop down from the ceiling and will start like mumbling about trying to get you. Then uh, at the back of the room, there's a bunch of suits of armor, and but one's missing a shield. There's a, a decorative shield on the wall. So you grab the decorative shield, put it on the suits of armor. All the suits of armor attack you. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's subverting the the tropes of like ooh all these puzzles you're having fun ooh yeah yeah no <laughs> <laughs> oh another thing was so you go up to a guarded treasure so a guarded treasure room and it's actually, it has two guards out the front you talk to them in your disguise and they're like uh yeah this is the treasure room no one's allowed in there really so you know kind of go away you talk to the other guy he's like what's up with you guys what's the password and i'm i'm trying to like figure out like what the password might be and then it just like disappears and like correct silence is the password mm-hmm. and they let you in and so you were thinking about it and then it was just like okay yeah and my thought was huh it's a silent protagonist so like he doesn't go like um or uh so he would just be stock silent the wealth he thought uh, and then they just let true. him in yeah you go into the treasure room and there's a bunch of treasure everywhere it's nice and pretty but the thing that's sparkling on the wall who what's that you go up to it and it's a beautiful necklace and you grab it and one of your party members says yeah this is very obviously a trap and kids like nah it's fine and takes it off the wall and like the, the choices you have for grabbing it are like Snatch it off the wall, take it off delicately, take it off, like, nervously, and then leave it alone. I went with take it off nervously. So, but yeah, you go to reach for it. Uh, one of your party members, the magician guy, says, this is a very obvious trap. And kid's like, it's fine. We'll just be careful. And takes it off. The wall flips and you end up in a cage. And the scientist there is just like, ah, cool. Come on out. Let's you out of the cage. And that's where you fight the neon bulb. And she's like, yeah, I'm not being kind. This is, I'm testing something fight this so you do and then she lets you go and then you free like this weird lamb thing called like pip or something like you, you unlock his cage and he's like cool i'll escape later i'll see you guys later bye and you're like okay and you leave uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah so you journey through castle getting into all kinds of trouble you eventually find the password that you need to move on uh you move on come across the old guy who explains uh the situation then you come across the general and his cat friend uh, his the cat friend's name is Lynx, of course. Uh, in the PS1 version, his sprite kind of looks like Phoenix Wright because his hair or his hat looks like Phoenix Wright's hair a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. <laughs> and so he, ex- he you fight him, but it turns out it was just a shadow. Uh, kid in an act of desperation takes the general's daughter hostage. 
uh, and then you slowly walk your way through the the castle. Uh, the cat poisons or throws a, a poisoned dagger at kid, nicks her. She falls off a cliff, um, and then the cat guy starts like walking up to you and is just like, "Something, something! You're the destroyer of time, or the assassin of time. You're the Chrono Trigger." And then you fall off the cliff. Ooh, throwback. Exa- like, I was like, okay, cool, but at the same time, silly way to do it. Because what it does is, like, the classic PS1 thing. Black background, character stock still in the middle, kind of wobbling a bit, because, you know, visions or whatever. As he wa- slowly walks toward the camera, saying, face, like, face the facts, you're the assassination of time, you're the chrono trigger. It's like, all caps. But you fall off the cliff, pass out, wake up in a boat village. Uh, kid succumbs to the poison, or kind of passes out. You have to go get the anti-venom from a hydra called Hydra Humor. Uh, but all the hydras are dead in this timeline. So you have to go to your timeline and kill them there. And as you're doing it, like you're getting warnings here, there, and everywhere by... Like the dwarves that are in the the Hydra area, saying, "You kill the Hydra, you kill this forest." And you're like, "Fuck it, I barely know this girl. Let's kill a forest." <laughs> so, <What>? Yeah. <laughs> you kill the Hydra. All of the dwarves simultaneously fuck off because <laughs> they're like, "Well, the forest I, is dead." It's too scary for me. I'm out. Yeah. Um, but and that's. About as far as I got. So we give her the the <clears throat> anti-venom. She's doing fine and whatnot. Things are going okay. We're I'm about to like go back to town and be directed somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah. So you're going to play more? And... Yes. I intend to continue streaming it until I finish it. Nice. Oh, yeah. You were talking about that. Yes. Because I do not intend to stream the next game I'm playing for this show. Or the game after that, but the games after that, maybe? <laughs> we'll see where I get. Hello, I'm just going to pop in the middle of this right here to say, oops, some technical difficulties happened, and so there's a bit of a, a, a jarring thing here. So I figured, hey, why not pop in the middle here, explain it, and slip in a cheeky ad break just in case so that it doesn't need to be put anywhere else there we go anyway uh continuing on from the uh break yeah it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I guess just to keep things moving, let's go ahead and move into the combat. Yeah. So the combat is, especially in comparison to, say, Chrono Trigger, or a lot of RPGs, kind of, it is kind of complex. Really? Yes. So the kind of process is you select an enemy to attack, and then you can you choose your attack type. Do you just, like, attack? Do you do an elemental thing? Do you do a thing? And you, you have three different uh, strengths of attack with different percentiles to hit the enemy. So you'll have like the number one type of attack, which is the weakest, will have like an 80 to 90% chance to hit. Then the number two, which is a bit stronger, will have a uh, 70 to 80% chance. And then the number three, the strongest one, will have a 60 to 70% chance. And as you land successful hits with different things... Uh, the percentage for all three of them goes up. So you'll be more likely to hit. But yeah. you have stamina, right? So like all in one, quote-unquote, attack, you can hit the enemy like six to eight times, something like that, or four to six times, depending on the number of things you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can actually like do different combinations and everything, which is really cool. So you can do... My favorite thing to do is like follow the thing to get the percentile up until... You have, like, one bit of stamina left, and then you do an elemental attack, which adds even bigger damage kind of thing. Because even to be able to do an elemental attack, you have to, like, build up your gauge a certain, like, number level. So, like, you have elemental slots that are broken up into different levels, and you get more elemental slots and more of those levels as you get more star levels. But you assign the stuff to those slots, and the more... successful attacks you do the more chance you the more level you gain so the more opportunities of attack in elemental form you can do so that's putting it kind of simply then there is the the elemental attacks so each character has an innate color each enemy has an innate color or an innate element uh but it's best to just go with innate color so like and it kind of goes Pokemon style. So uh, red is red and blue go against each other. Green and yellow go against each other. Black and white go against each other. So 
Like, they're, they're strong against each other kind of thing. It's not very round-robin, but that's generally, like, if you're attacking the enemy, you'll want to use the opposite color of what they are. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still I'm listening. Okay. No, sorry. I just have to check in. Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Then there is the field effect. The field uh-huh. effect is a three-ringed circle thing that each turn changes. So if all three things within it are the same color, then that specific color has a boost of 33%. If there's only one of those of that color in the ring, then it's like a... 11% boost or something like that. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. But it's weird as hell. Did you hear what I said about the dark end screen? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. We'll, we'll save that for a little bit down the line. Uh, to circle back. Uh, the percentile values have the XCOM issue where you can have a like 95% chance to hit the enemy and miss. Damn. So, yeah. <laughs> that's frustrating. But, yeah, that's that's just the XCOM problem. Happens <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so, circling back to what might have been lost in the great fucking internet disaster that always happens. <laughs> the dark end screen. So when you die, it discusses how, like, you, you weren't born. You, you didn't get a chance to exist and whatnot. That's it. <laughs> oh, pretty. it's like five sentences or something like that that pretty much boil down to you fucked up. Uh, Surge doesn't exist anymore. Whoops. There's one for the history books, not. <laughs> then uh, another thing that got lost was I was, I did mention how the first thing I did when we traveled back to the home world was I went and saw the girl from the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Just to see what her reaction was. And basically it was, wow, you just kind of disappeared. Cool magic trick. And then leaves it at that. <laughs> uh, it was kind of disappointing, actually. But a lot of questions came to mind when we teleported across. Because when you teleport or cross dimensions, you bring your party along with you. It's a weird animation where like they fade out a pre-rendered cutscene plays, and then they fade back in. Then, but my question was, like, she was, like, really close to you on that beach when you first came over. Why didn't she come with you? Kind of thing. Yeah. Probably probably because she's not dead. But, anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so, a lot of characters are locked behind New Game Plus, supposedly. So you're gonna have to beat it once to really, like, get a look at them. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and also, it seems that the game can kind of change fairly drastically depending on your choices of what you decide to do. Really? Yes. So, <clears throat> I, well, kind of, because I like to keep a guide around, but luckily for this game, because of me streaming it, I haven't really needed the guide. But the guide doesn't help a whole lot anyway. Because <laughs> supposedly, I could have stayed in the other world to kill the Hydra. Because supposedly, I guess, there was still a Hydra in that world somewhere. But 
the game heavily suggests that what you're supposed to do is hop to your world and then kill the Hydra in your world. Yeah. Because it's kind of suggesting that it's a lot better to do it there, but in general, it's still not. Because as you're going through, like I said earlier, you're heavily warned that it's you're going to kill the forest. But you do it anyway. Uh, supposedly you can, I guess, leave Kid to potentially die, I guess. Then, uh, after when since I kept with Kid, she's super rude, by the way, when she c- comes out of waking up from being poisoned. So rude. <laughs> I bet. Well, so, pretty much everyone, like, the kid that kind of joins joins you to help save her, who has a hilarious fucking special move, where he, like, swims up in the air, and then just, like, dives into the enemy. It's called Headbutt. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I love it. It's, it's so dumb. She's like, oh, did, did you helped, like, save me, right? And he's like, oh, you know, I didn't do that much. And she's like, well, thank you for nothing, then. Like, Jesus. <laughs> what well, if you're well, you going to be modest, then fuck you. Well, yeah, but, like, that's really mean. <laughs> he helped save your life. Then there's a, a couple other things where she's just, like, super rude for no reason. But, anywho, like, one of the kids, like, comes and steals her stuff and then, like, fucks off for some reason. It's either attention or something. And you're given, like, three opportunities to maybe chase after her. Mm -hmm. But you basically just kind of brush it off and you're just like, it's whatever. Yeah. So, eh. Some last things, I think. Uh, Background info is locked behind a visual novel that is coming with the remaster, but was not at all provided, of course, with the original game. It was a Japan exclusive, I believe. Supposedly, uh, once you get to New Game Plus, there are 12 endings. Ooh. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, It's something that made me a little bit sad. Uh, Traveling the ocean is done automatically, so that level of exploration is kind of taken right out of your hands. Uh, So you can only travel on land and whatnot. And then... So you can change the names of characters in this game. I didn't yeah. change any of the names this time, but that was mostly because the game pre-established many of the characters' names beforehand. Did they? You know, yeah, so like, so with Chrono Trigger, the moment a character is introduced, before like any mention of their name or anything, it kind of cuts you off, and it's just like, name the character. And yeah. you name the character. In this... You kind of interact with and kind of get to know the character sometimes before it's like, now they're a party member, you want to change their name? It's like, no. <laughs> like, the the boat kid, before he becomes a party member, like, you're introduced to him, there's some discussions and everything. You go on a small journey with the guy, and only once he becomes a party member is it just like, want to change his name now? And he's like, <laughs> no. Why do you have these characters introduce themselves and then you ask if I want to change their name? A little nickname. Yeah. Uh, like, the, one of the party members that kind of joins you is a fairy that you just kind of come across in the Hydra Marsh that's about to be eaten by a weird thing. And she's just like, oh yeah, I'm this, uh, I'm about to get eaten. Uh, help. You kill the thing. And then she's like, cool. 
could you get me home, please? <laughs> and you're like, sure. So she joins the party and whatnot. And you're like, why are you letting me name her? You already established a name for her. But yeah, that was kind of my... Oh, and then there's very unsubtle foreshadowing. When the cat guy is coming up to him, it's just like flashes of things. And it's just like, hmm, love this lack of subtlety. But yeah, that is it. Any final questions? I do not have any. No? Do you think I covered it fairly thoroughly? <laughs> I Yeah, I, I think you covered it. It's pretty interesting, I think. Like I will... Yeah, like, I'm looking forward to continuing it. I know that it, from here, it just gets weirder. <laughs> Dude, I'm sure. You're going so to have to update us once uh, you finish it. I, I will. So, I was scrolling through, like, the guide a little bit, just to s- see, like, if I had missed anything. Yeah. And whatnot. And I saw that there's a picture. One of the characters is a fucking luchador. <laughs> well, so, yep. <laughs> nice. So, we will figure out what the fuck that is sometime. Maybe. If I even come across them. Who knows? <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, I'm fucking, like, falling asleep, so. Well, it's your turn now, so fucking slap your face and get ready, because Ghostwire Tokyo time, baby. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, get pumped, get hyped. Do you have any questions about it? Some things I had heard. It does have a vaguely convoluted combat system uh not in my opinion and a lot of it is roof hopping you can i have done very little roof hopping but that's just my playthrough specifically i I have seen a lot of roof hopping in that game but i choose to go on the ground and because like there you're literally you're literally exploring shibuya and it's like the coolest fucking thing ever like you could like go anywhere you want in Shibuya, you can go on the rooftops, you can go on the ground, you know, you could just, like, but I stay on the ground mostly because you can find dogs and feed them, and they give you <laughs> prizes, and I love it so much. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, I just, I just want to start off, this is one of the best games I have ever played in a very, very long time. Oh, yeah? Just in personal opinion, like, lately I haven't really been getting into games as much as I used to be, because they're just not the same, you know? Yeah, but, I, I get that, because a lot of games nowadays tend to be kind of samey, so it's very hard to get invested in them. Yeah, but I mean... Especially I'm not, when you have so such little time. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's because I just hyped myself up so much for it that, like, my mind is telling me to love it, but... It's, it's it, not that bad of a thing if that is the case. Yeah, well, no, it, it's a great game. Like, I don't think the combat is convoluted at all. I think it's really fucking cool, and it's very unique. I've never seen anything like it before in a video game, especially a Bethesda game. Like, And I play a so, lot of Bethesda games. So I will say, uh, Bethesda only like published it from what I saw. They didn't well, actually yeah, Well, yeah, they, like, they didn't actually make it, but... In fact... From what I heard, the creator of that game, who is he? He's like a famous guy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm gonna, hold on, I'm going to look it up. Because he, he's like famous in like JRPGs and shit. So uh, He's like well known. Oh yeah. like He, he hasn't done stuff in quite a while. Uh, so it's developed by Tango Gameworks. 
Yes. Shinji Mikami. Ah. Who is famous for Resident Evil. Really? He made yes. Resident Evil. He made Resident Evil, The Evil Within, Dino Crisis, Ooh. and Resi 4. Okay, okay. So... There we go. <laughs> this game's not really... Uh, I I wouldn't put it in a horror game uh, aspect, which is what I thought it would be Yeah. at first. But, like, there there are times where I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's kind of scary, but... It's just like a not, you know, jump scare scary or whatever the fuck. But it's like kind of like the character design is pretty creepy and like that's really cool, you know. Yeah. But yeah. it's like. When I okay. heard it, it's not super scary. It's just kind of like a. It's just an action like, you know, you're fighting, you're just fighting demons basically. And yeah. But I I would honestly say that from my, my opinion, it's a mix of Mob Psycho and like elements of other games if that makes sense kind of yeah i like, can kind of see that it it's very mob psycho in the fact that all the side quests require you to help spirits and like you're fighting like other ghosts like you're fighting ghosts and stuff and hmm. i i think it's really cool like you're you're actually like playing as a detective solving these spirits like mysteries and like why they died so you're you know you're going back in this world in this yeah. world, you're the only person alive. For some yeah. reason, I I haven't beaten it yet. I don't know. This game is long. I've put in I've put in thirty hours already. Into Jesus, it. really? And I have not beaten it. There's so like there is so much shit to do, and that's probably why I like it so much. Is because I haven't played a game to where there's so much to do that you just kind of lose yourself in it. You know? Yeah. I mean. I, I kind kind of get that, but from what I heard, it was only like a like the main story is only like six hours or something like that. Yeah, so. so I did spoil myself on that. The story is not very long, but that's where I've been taking my time doing other things. Yeah, and really exploring the city. You know, I'm like I'm finding all these dogs. You can talk to cats. You can do all these spirit quests. You're like you actually legitimately feel like a detective solving mysteries, and it's like very mob psycho because you also have like these psychic powers and it's really cool like you have a detective living inside you and like it's it's a constant struggle of like you like go back and forth it's really like the dialogue is very funny like this game is super hilarious but also very serious Mm. which uh i i honestly really like it and like i i really get a sense of japanese style stuff in it and after playing the demo which is like the visual novel. Uh, yeah. There, like, there's cool little Easter eggs uh, that connect to it, which is really cool. I found that really cool. Nice. I on like I honestly can't say I've done a lot of the story because it's there's just so much you can do in the overworld. Yeah, I I can see getting side because I in and open world I, games I, like that I tend to get sidetracked a lot. I don't know really how much of the story I could spoil, so I'm staying away from the story because I don't know if okay. I'm going to play it or not. So, well, whether or not I want to play it depends mostly on this question. Well, first I do want to say that the fact that you got so hyped for it and it's actually met your expectations is a really good thing, right? Because most of the time when you get that hyped, you either end up slightly disappointed or you just kind of end up a bit neutral so for you to be that hyped and still be like super happy with it that's good that's great yeah so it, it, it's not often that I, so far 
it's it's not often that I get really hyped about a game I know nothing about, and actually, it actually meets my expectations. Oh yeah, like so. Normally, it's like a game that I already have been introduced to, and it's just like a new entry in the series that I'm like, oh yeah, fuck it, this is gonna be great. But yeah. like this, this was altogether a new game, and I'm like, man, this looks fucking insane. And no, it's it's one of the best games I've played all year, in my opinion. Like all nice. year, past year, whatever. So yeah, whether or not I want to play it relies most heavily on the question of combat. Okay. So when you see the trailers, the way that the combat is kind of portrayed is these like hand symbols and whatnot. Yeah. To to fight the ghosts. And the camera is always in a bit of a weird perspective because I'm guessing it's a first-person game. It, yeah, uh, it's a first-person game. Yeah, so it, it's, it's a bit of a weird perspective, especially in the, the cameras. Like It looks like the hands take up most of the screen. But it's, you know, the specific hand signals. And I was curious whether or not it was, like, just a cycle of animation that it was going through or if each, like, hand gesture was mapped to a different button to, like, create combinations or whatnot. Uh, and okay. you posed that it was probably similar to Bioshock. Yeah. In that, like, you take you take certain things and you have different, like, abilities. So I was actually kind of right in that aspect. It is kind of like the telekinesis or whatever, like the psychic powers you get in Bioshock. Yeah. But, but in this game, it's the only thing you have besides your bow. You do get a bow and arrow, which is really cool. You can use it for stealth. Um, nice. But... Okay, so the hands really do not take up that much room at all. Like, it's it's mostly the overworld that you see. And okay, so it's, it's more like a standard first-person and shooter-esque perspective? Yeah, and you can, you actually... There's only one button to attack, and that's the right trigger for PS5. And it's very adaptive, you know? Like, it like has that, like, drawback, whatever, make you really feel like you're, like, attacking, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but each hand sign is its own attack. Okay, so how do you choose which one you're using? So you use R1 to choose which one you're using, and then you press R2 to fire that, you know, that attack. And then you have stuff like Talisman, Talisman, which is like you can stun them, you can drop like a smoke bomb uh, to to sneak around more. You uh, You can literally create a bush out of nothing to hide in the middle of the street if you wanted to. It's really cool. Okay. And then you have a bow, because uh, I will say there's there's points in times where you will lose your powers and you have nothing, but that's where they give you the bow to where you can kind of like have some sort of attack moves that you can use to get through the game, and like yeah. that's that's what I love though is like this game is actually very challenging. Like I haven't really played a game to where like it's so easy, you know, mm. or yeah. like I haven't played a game that's. I'm actually having a difficult time with, I should say. Like, yeah, it's actually challenging to get through it, and I'm taking my time with it, and it's not so yeah. easy that I beat it in a week, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I see that. But, no, like, the combat is just, like, there's so much you could do, and there's lots of upgrades, too. And you can fly, you can you can grapple, like, onto the roofs of places. Well, technically, you're grappling onto a spirit, but it's whatever. Yeah. Um... But yeah, no, the, it, I really don't think the com- the combat's very convoluted. Like, it's some of the most unique shit I've seen in a game in a long time. Like, you don't see shit like this anywhere else. Like, it, it is a lot like Bioshock. Yeah. But 
they they found their own way to make it like very unique and very immersive and each power that you get has like its own different style its own different way of like defeating the enemies which makes it very cool like depending on what battle situation you're in is depending like you can choose what power you want to use for that situation you know yeah okay so i think i think that's really cool but it really doesn't like take up a lot of the screen stuff like that it's just like and with the ps5 like the controller really gives you that immersive feeling Okay, so then I guess the next two questions: uh, Can you turn off the the PS Five stuff? I I do believe you can. Yeah, I think there's an option for that. Okay, cool. Because uh, personally, while it's cool and you know immersive and everything, I worry about the health of the controller every time. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I get it. Like that's why, like I I barely tap the triggers. It still works yeah. that way, but I barely tap them just in case. But I I just really do love that immersive feeling. Like I'm, like yeah. like there's times where like a lot of this game is you doing hand signs to like um, cure a curse on somebody or like uh, cleanse a gate and s- s- like consume all the mist that's in the area so you can advance in the game stuff like that. Like it like reacts to that shit and it's really cool. And then they have like this like you touch the middle pad. Mm. And you, like, draw, like, a hand sign yourself, and then the character does it, and then it's, like, really cool. Super immersive. How accurate is it? it it's actually pretty accurate. You don't even you don't even have to use the middle pad if you don't want to. You can just use the right analog stick to draw the yeah. pattern. Yeah, I just wanted to know, because sometimes, like, with the touchscreen stuff, sometimes it's not super accurate. But I know from, like, the, like, intro demo for the PS5 that the touchpad in the middle is super accurate. I just was wondering if, with the game, how accurate was it? Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's like pretty accurate. Like I, okay. I literally haven't seen any trouble with it. It's it's really cool when I do it. So nice. So uh, now the oh sorry. Oh uh, no, I I was gonna talk about like the enemies and stuff. Okay, well I, this is actually kind of related to that. So my question, the next question that kind of will form a bit more of my opinion is how populated does the world feel seeing as everyone's gone to the rapture so (laughs) oddly enough the world for me feels very populated yeah you can i'm not talking like enemy population of course i'm talking more like interactable people okay so as far as that goes there's not much but right. there, there is a lot of side quests, which is spirits you find around the world. So I guess you okay. can c- consider that like quite a bit of interaction. Like, yeah, I never go bored basically with this game. Like, I'm always excited to hop back into it. Um, well, it's more the the desolate, lonely feeling is kind yeah. of more the question there. <laughs> Oddly enough, I really don't feel lonely because people left their clothes everywhere. <laughs> so like you have that sense of people were here and I like I literally find myself walking around the city adventuring the city checking out these places and like seeing all these clothes everywhere and it's like man I wonder what they were doing when they disappeared you know well, obviously most of them were just walking in the middle of the street <laughs> well, yeah and but it's actually very very populated with animals 
which is okay. kind of it's it's kind of sad, but it's like very cool because, like these like these cats and dogs, they actually help you advance the story and like the game, and like you can you can like buy dog food at like stores. <laughs> and okay, so spirits run shops around the city, right? And they all have like their own unique, cool little dialogue, and the detective inside you like. Like, they keep going back and forth and stuff, and it's, like, really funny. So you do have these, like, spirits, like, all around the world that you could talk to. But okay. but as far as, like, running around, like, fighting enemies, it's mostly barren. It's mostly empty. It's just you, the enemies, and then wherever you need to go. But Yeah, the thing that first kind of popped into mind when you described, like, oh, it's not so lonely because there's all, all these clothes around. <laughs> all I could think of was, like the character like gathering up clothes into like a making a clothes snowman or putting the clothes on items you'd be like i'm not alone i yeah. have kind of people i i had uh i did have like initial uh expectations for it when the game first mm. started because there was a lot of people like actual physical npcs around Mm. At the start of the game, but then once you actually get into the gameplay, there's absolutely no one. So, like, that kind of, like, was a little bit misleading. Because it made me think that, like, you know, throughout the story, like, people are going to slowly disappear or not. People are already gone. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you were about to mention the enemies. Yeah, so the enemies. how are the enemies? So the main enemy is kind of like Slenderman. Yes, I I, see, I saw that a lot in the marketing. It's a very Slenderman-esque guy with like an umbrella. Yeah, but so the enemies are supposed to represent uh, demon forms of ill intention, basically. Okay. Like they're the manifestation of people who have died from anger or still have regrets or you know stuff like that like like the little so, the the school the school girls with no head are like demons that have been manifested from girls who had anxiety and troubles living and like were bullied and stuff like that so like each character has its own little background and they actually reflect that in the game in the overworld, yeah. which is really cool. Like, they'll, like, laugh at you or, you know, you can kind of hear them talking, which is kind of mm. funny. Or, like, I don't know. It's 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 pretty unique. And, like, this guy isn't... The big tall guy isn't Slenderman, but he's just, like... He just looks o- a lot like him. Yeah, his background is basically, like, an overworked businessman. Yeah, which is very common in Japan. Yeah, that manifested into a demon. Or so, they, they call it visitors because they're visitors yeah. from another world. So with that in mind, what is the enemy variety like then? Oh my god, there are so fucking many enemies. It so, it starts off with just, you know, like probably about three basic enemies. Yeah. But... As you unlock more of the overworld, you will just, like, randomly come across some new-ass motherfucker that you've never seen before. And you're like, what the fuck do I do? Like, how the fuck do I deal with this shit? And, like, you learn the hard way by them kicking your fucking ass. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it's like but each enemy has their own cool little way of being killed like each one's kind of like weak to a different um power right so you just kind of like have to like guess how to really like deal with the situation and you can you can do everything stealth like they have this whole like if you can manage to sneak up behind them you can immediately cleanse them and like erase them from the world kind of thing which is really yeah. cool and then, or you can use your bow that you get pretty early on and you can just like snipe them and it's great because they have ragdoll physics <laughs> <laughs> so you just like I just like standing on like a truck or something and just like sniping them motherfuckers and they just drop like flies it's the, it's the funniest thing, and and the the further you get in the game, the more powerful you get. So it's just crazy. But the more powerful enemies come, like there there is no shortage of enemy variety. Like you will find a lot of cool shit in there. Okay, so I will say, let's go ahead and keep it story light because I think that there's a decent chance. But I guess that is kind of also based kind of on these next three bits. Do you recommend it? Absolutely. Knowing me, do you think I would like it? Uh, I, yeah, I think, you, I think you should give it a try because you, you might like, as far as the characters go, I think you would really enjoy the connection between it all. And okay. like just adventuring Shibuya, because there's like there's a lot of cool little stuff in there that I think you would like. Okay. And like as if you're worried about like enemy variety, it's got you covered. There's yeah. a, there's a lot to go around. There's a lot of bosses that you find, and they're really cool. Um, as far as like fighting, there's a big variety there, and you can you know you can upgrade everything. Um, okay. yeah, and then, of course, there's, like, tons and tons of side quests that you can do, and, like, there's, like, a, I didn't even mention the collectibles, there is a fuck ton of collectibles, like, oh my god, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, so keeping it kind of general, with how short the story is, and of course knowing that you haven't completed it yet, seeing as you've been doing a ton of side stuff. Right. Is the main story worth the price of admission? Um, On its own, without yeah. the side stuff. Uh, I do. I do think so. Like I am extremely curious as to what I'm in for next. And they started this game off very cleanly, which is what I love in a game. Is when you actually start the game off very intriguing. You know, yeah. like it's hard to start a game and actually really stay into it. Yeah. But yeah. right <laughs> right right from the get go, like this game like really got me into it. Not because I was like so hyped about it and like I was determined, but like the moment I started this game, like they really threw you into like so this shit's going down, you're in this shit and like you're like, Holy shit, like I wanna know more and like what is happening? So is it that you wanna know more because it didn't like build anything up? beforehand or is it that like it gave you enough context beforehand but 
there's still like a big mystery to kind of get into. It it gives you enough context, but there's still like a big mystery, and okay. that's so far from what I'm seeing. That's basically the whole game is unraveling this really big mystery, and like I said, like you feel like you're the detective solving this okay. mystery, and you know, saving the city or whatever. Okay, but yeah, so like cool. <laughs> Yeah, just like a rough thing, like, you're this guy, got possessed by a ghost, there's this demon guy, you know, you're trying to stop him from what he's doing. Yeah. Which sounds pretty basic, but if you actually play it, there's a lot more to it than that. I'm just I'm just being very vague about it. Yeah, because, like, while I did, you know, explain technically the first five hours of Chrono Cross... It's still like a 30-hour RPG, so I spoiled probably nothing major. Well, yeah, like hearing but, what hearing what you said about it, like going if I went into it, I'd still probably forget a lot about what you said. So, well, yeah, because most of the things that happen in those games seems to be fucking bonkers. So, yeah, and like you so never of course you're going to forget it. You never really know how it all connects into each other, so it's all still like actually like pretty new. Yeah. But with the game's so short, and even though again you haven't finished it, it it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of easy to do some major spoilers with this, especially since it's a very new game. Yeah, some people might be just like, "Well, what's their opinion on it?" Don't want to give too much away. But so, I guess, what are some highlight things that you would like to kind of point out as kind of a potential seller for this game? So, the, I mean, I said this a couple times before, the character variety is very nice. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it really gets into Japanese history and folklore, nice. and all of the enemies and characters are based off of that. And it's really cool, because you can, like, collect them, and you can read about them, and a lot of them, like, like there's so much backstory going on outside of the actual story if you like if you adventure the city you will find a bunch of random shit that it's like you will find out what was happening at that time before all the shit went down you know so like it's really it's really fun to adventure and find out what these people were doing what these spirits were doing like it's really cool cool and uh another highlight is definitely the combat like i i really love the combat it's so fun yeah, that's like I I don't I don't really know how it would be con- convoluted or where you would be so, getting that. So, okay, so to be fair, a lot of the information I've gotten about this game is I watched the zero punctuation review on it, um, and and his his joke about the combat is that you basically make a finger gun and you shoot the ghosts to death. I mean that is true for the wind power that you get. Yeah, but that's kind of where that's coming from. And I would say that the combat in, say, like, Chrono Cross, for me, wouldn't be much of a selling point. Because without any instruction at all, it is so confusing. Because <laughs> when you first enter a battle, you're just like, ah, oh, cool. You know, let's see how combat is in this game. And you're presented with a list of numbers... And you're just like, wait, what? 
Yeah. So, it's good that you can list the combat for this game as a selling point, especially since that's kind of the main combat, or the main gameplay loop. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot. You can use the arrow, you can use talisman, you can use, like, powers and stuff like that, so it's really cool. Yeah. And um, then from what I hear, you can just skip it all by running on the rooftops. Yeah, apparently, uh, I, yeah. Do, I, I don't choose to do that. I know I'm miss, yeah. I know I'm missing a lot of stuff by not doing that, but I don't choose you'll, to do that. You'll double back eventually. Yeah. Like I know, but I know. It's there's, all in the way that you play. Of I know, I know. There's the option, and I always see it, and I always consider it. But I'm like, but like, what's down that alley? I kind of want to know what's down that alley. So I go down the alley yeah. instead of going up on the rooftop, you know? Yeah, that's this the thing, is a lot of what you get out of a game is what you put into a game, and it's the way that you play. Yeah. So, if you're trying your best to, like, break the game, then of course you're not going to have a whole lot of fun, unless that's kind of the only thing that you derive joy from, is breaking shit. But, <laughs> but uh... Some people do. The the last highlight, really, that I would mm. use as a selling point is the characters. Like, the main character, the detective, and even the enemies, like, they are all super cool. The enemies have really great dialogue. The main character and the detective are super funny, but also, like, super, like, serious at the same time. Because it's a game, you gotta, you know... But like the things, okay. you, the things you do around the city, like they joke about it and stuff like that, and it's like super hilarious, and it, it's like you're watching an anime almost, and it's really cool. Like I, I'm really loving the main character and the detective. Like, it's it's a lot like Mob Psycho in like the yeah. uh, the pupil and the teacher, you know. Yeah. So I guess my final thing, and this might be, silly, but. Was it worth the kind of background drama that happened? Background drama. So, if I remember correctly, and I could be completely wrong, of course, because I'm an idiot, but (laughs) supposedly, uh, at one point, there was confusion as to whether or not this game would be made at all, because, like, the entire development staff quit. At one point. I... I didn't hear anything about that. I don't know if it's this game or not, but I didn't personally hear anything about it. I think it's this game. I could be completely wrong. If I am, fucking email in, please. I'm tired of the spam. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, you like, you might three. be right, because you're more up-to-date on news shit than I am. But Yeah, but I, I had heard that I believe it was this game that... Like, oh, people were excited about it, and they. but when it appeared during the, I believe, PS5, like, announcement trailer, or announcement uh, showcase, yeah, people were kind of surprised because the, like, you know, the scuttlebutt was that the director and, like, most everyone on the team, like, quit. Do you, th- do you think maybe that was Pragmata? No, because Pragmata is that uh, the one that looked like a Kojima game, but isn't a Kojima game, right? That's the, yeah. one with the weird astronaut guy. Yeah, and like the world gets all twisted, and there's a little girl and a cat. No, I'm pretty sure it was Ghostwire Tokyo. It it honestly might have been, but yeah. if if there was something like that, like I'm glad they did follow through with it, because this game is great, I, in my opinion. 
Well, I guess, can you tell that there might have been drama? Like, does it feel like anything was cut out? Does it feel like it was, like, maybe rushed in certain areas? I, I, no, I really do not. Like, something I haven't seen in the game recently is, like, this game really does not feel rushed at all. Well, that's good. And, like, it's sad to say, but, like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 felt a little bit rushed playing it. It it did. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to lie, Tales of Arise felt very rushed playing it. Yeah, it kind of does, like, yeah. Like, compared to the other Tales games, which literally could go on for hours, like, days, hours, weeks, whatever, like, mm. but, um, yeah, like, just a lot of games that i played recently have felt very rushed, but this one, I, I really don't get that feeling, like, it's very, like, steady flowing, like, there's enough to keep you going, there's enough story, like, space in between the story... And, like, it really just, like, keeps you intrigued into it. Like, I every time I pick it up, I'm not disappointed, for sure. Well, good. Is there any other bits that you would like to discuss about it, or is that about it? Ugh, other than the fact that the world is super fucking cool. Like, it's, it's not a horror game, but it does have that spooky aspect, which is what I was expecting. And yeah, so I, it has a spooky atmosphere, but it isn't. I really it isn't love amnesia. Because I, I will spoil something. Like there, at times you do go to another world. You you've got like two worlds and stuff. And oh wow, theming! Yay! Yeah, like there's the spirit world, and then there's the human world, and you go in between them depending on like what side quest or whatever the fuck you're doing. But. Like, the world design is just so beautiful. Like, they they nailed it to a T. Like, there's not a time when I'm going through this and fighting enemies that I'm like, man, I gotta stop and look at this world for a second. Like, <laughs> like holy shit. And, like, even the stuff you do in the world affects the world itself, which is really cool. And it's, like, permanently affected. And it's really mm. cool. Like, if you do a side quest that you know, makes you do something with the world, then it's permanently changed afterwards, and it's really cool. Nice. But that's, I mean, that's about it. Like, this this game is great. I highly recommend it. Alright, well, I think I'll check it out eventually. Uh, I'll probably wait for sure until you have finished it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I will kind of see if I can, My interest gets peaked. I can give point. you a definitive... Because it's all about the ending, you know? Like, Oh, yeah, a lot of times an ending can absolutely ruin a game. Because, uh, yeah, like, take the Dark Anthology series. Like, it starts off great, ends shitty as fuck. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I played the first hey. two, absolute trash. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so I guess with that, then... Sorry to spoil uh, it, but, like, I'm just, like, giving an example. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> They're coming out with that, the, the quarry soon. It's gonna be fine. Which looks amazing. It does. Anyway, let's kind of move on to the next segment. So the next segment is... So what else will you playing? Or have you just been so engrossed in Ghostwire Tokyo that nothing was able to pull you away? Basically, <laughs> like, I'm not even gonna lie. The only, the only other thing that I have been kind of doing is I got 
one of the Danganronpas for the Vita, or not the Vita, I already have it for the Vita, uh, the Switch? Switch, yeah, the Switch, Yeah. so I've been kind of playing that one, it looks really good, they remastered it for that, so it looks pretty cool, but I haven't played much of it, it's just, it's mostly just been Ghostwire Tokyo, so... <laughs> All day, every day, I, Ghostwire I, Tokyo. I seriously haven't played anything else besides that. Well, as for me, since I've been limiting, you know, my chrono doses to only when I'm streaming, uh, I've had a lot of extra free time, which has been nice. Uh, so, in my free time, although now technically it's going to kind of switch, <laughs> but in my free time, I've been playing Lego Jurassic World. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I see that you're on that sometimes. Uh, yeah. So, well, not anymore because I platinumed a bit, baby. Nice. <laughs> yeah, a game I've replayed like seven times. I've finally, you know, finished, and I can just kind of set it aside <laughs> until I decide I'm gonna go finish the fucking PC version, <laughs> the one that I've had the longest. But that is technically part of my my backlog update. Is I I because I I had bought it on a whim when it was on sale, I believe. Right. Like I do most things. You know, that's how I ended up with fucking Persona Five Royal and Persona Five Red Dead Redemption. You know, all all those games. I buy them on a whim. But I finally, I was like, Lego Star Wars is coming out. I need a game to just chill and listen to podcasts. And Lego games are perfect for that because they have... Once you finish the main part of the game, you will have so many collectibles to get. Yeah, like, it, with with Lego <laughs> games, there's that sense of completion. Yes. Like, you feel good getting shit done in that game. And, like, it's really nice to just lay back and just... Like you said, like, listen to a podcast and chill out. Oh, yeah, so the podcast of choice for me while I was uh, playing it was, well, a little bit of many things. So I listened to some Auntie Donna. They're filming a podcast in a car, moving car uh, saga, which was funny. Well, they just go to Walmart and back? <laughs> kind of, actually. So, so in it, what they do is they... They decide to set up the ground rules of, like, you know, what they can and can't do while in the Moving Car podcast. And sort of formed their own small little government uh, in the in the process. But basically all it is is that they set, like, four different locations. One to get a credit card. One to go to a car wash. One to get McDonald's. Uh, and then I think one was pretty much just, like, go somewhere else oh to drop off a package and that's it so they just kind of talk while they did that in a moving car nice but hilarity ensued then I listened to the uh, Plumbing the Death Star live shows which were um, hilarious and great um, if you are of I guess a delicacy you know you, you don't like uh, crass things then maybe steer clear but if you want to hear some fucked up things 
Sandspants Radio is the place for you. Uh, they will go into weird topics. Like, the, literally their last episode that they posted on Sunday was, what if the ocean had a skin like a custard? What the absolute hell? Yes. So, while you are now pondering what the hell that's about, uh, the last thing I listened to, and I listened to this mostly, was... Uh, it's probably not Aliens, where the host from NerdSync uh, and his friend discuss the real-life history and actual things behind the topics that are discussed on Ancient Aliens. Uh, which is a very cool podcast, very funny, where they're talking about how Ancient Aliens takes all these like minor things and twists them and then they'll take the things that they take and then twist it further for no reason because they can or because they're running out of content because yeah. they've been running for 16 seasons oh my god yeah so the the funny thing is they they've done about i'm on episode like 26 or something like that or 24 somewhere around there and they've only covered the first like three episodes of ancient aliens. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so they, they're gaining so much content from ancient aliens, and they have 16 seasons of that shit to get through. But yeah. That was kind of my my deal while I was platinuming uh, Lego Jurassic World. There were some minor annoyances, because there was a few things that you have... There's only like two things... That you need a modified dinosaur to do. And it's annoying. Because <laughs> there's a thing where you need... or you, One of them is you just need to have all the dinosaurs uh, unlocked. So you know, do free play and everything. But the other one is you have to like genetically modify a... Like a, a triceratops or something to have a T-Rex head so that it can yell really hard at Amber so it breaks. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. It's the only way that you can get that one red brick. Uh, I will say probably one of the least satisfying like endings to a LEGO game. So some... Lego games would like have some bonus levels, like uh, like the original Lego Star Wars had the Indiana, no, not the Indiana Jones level. Maybe I know that one of them had the Indiana Jones level. One of them had the first level of Lego Star Wars two, and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> But this one, when you complete it, you get a bonus level, but it's one of those semi-weird ones where you just have to get, like, a million studs. Mm hmm So, kind of disappointing, but overall fine. I'm happy I completed it, I deleted it, and now I have more games to, to work on. But part of that is some of my games down the line are part of my backlog, so I'm I'm using this podcast to my advantage. Might as well. Yeah. The final game I played, 
I played it today. I got it today. It's Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Keeping the hey, Lego train going. That ties into the next thing. <laughs> exactly. That will be the game I'm playing next week. Hey. Uh, some some pre- preliminary thoughts, I guess, uh, since I've finally dipped into a game before the episode's actually supposed to... like I'm Before I'm supposed to. Like a naughty little child. Uh, I like it. It's, it's good. Uh, it's near... So far. So far. It's near what I would say you're feeling about Ghostwire Tokyo. You know, the hype. But, you know, it's actually needing it for me. Nice. So that, that's good. Yeah. Uh, although I think mine's more prolonged because I pre-ordered it. You waited so long. Yes. So. I pre-ordered it January 21st, 2021. <laughs> like when it first went open for pre-orders, I was like, yeah, I'll pre-order it because I was expecting it to come out in 2021. But then it got pushed and delayed and yeah. Here we are, 2022. Here we finally fucking got it. I got my Luke with blue milk. Fuck yeah. Because <laughs> you get a little minifigure in the deluxe edition. Deluxe edition sold out. You can't you can't get it right now. Damn. Yeah, people people were ravenous when when it was like, oh, it has a release date. No, 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 no. But yeah. So that's next week. So I'm doing Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And, and Nathan. I'm doing Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. The new ones. Well, they're technically the same they're game. They're the same game, <laughs> remake, you know. Yeah. The the blue <laughs> the blue point studio uh remake of Shadow of the Colossus. So the people that did uh the Demon Souls remake. Yes. So, huzzah. So that those are the games that we are doing next week. On that note, that's about it for this week. So thank you guys so much for joining us. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this on. It will help us out a lot. Uh, as it is, I'm very confused as to the... Um, metrics of how well our podcast is doing because ACAST decided to throw some very flattering numbers our way uh, but then not retain them for some reason <laughs> we'll see we'll see but hopefully it is doing that well uh, I would like I would like to know but feel free to leave a review if you have any suggestions about um, topics that we could discuss games that we could review things like that uh, feel free to just Send us an email at officialrpghangout at gmail.com or uh, send us a tweet at uh, uh, rpghangout on Twitter because you, you can do that if you want. That Twitter doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> but yeah, you can check out all of our uh, things if you want to watch me stream Chrono Cross for the next couple weeks. I'll be doing that on my Twitch, uh, Leo Legionnaire. Uh, if you want to listen to some of Nathan's music, you could check out his YouTube link in the description you can also check out his spotify yes uh, in the description but with that i believe we are through
So thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Goodbye. See you in the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.